You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. Happy New Year, and I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season. I had a well-deserved break from work and other things. I tried to to get two episodes out in December, but uh, with decorating the house, putting up a tree, wrapping gifts, hosting family, it really took a lot of my time. So I decided to take the whole entire month of December off of podcasting. So today on episode number 26, we have Terry Fletcher from Terry Fletcher Consulting. In this episode, we get off right off the bat talking about her podcast, the Codecast podcast. We get into how she created her podcast, but most importantly, how she leveraged the podcast to gain other opportunities, such as speaking in Hawaii. So if anybody in Hawaii, especially in the APC chapter, uh, let me know because I would love to go to Hawaii and speak over there. Aside from that, we go into how she develops her speaking content, uh, developing your core. I think that's the most important thing. And we also go off on other topics such as interior design. So without further ado, here is my interview with Terry Fletcher. Enjoy. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, all right, everybody, welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. I have here today Terry Fletcher from Terry Fletcher Consulting. How are you, Terry? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for being on. And one of the things that, that how I connected with you was through your podcast, Codecast. And when I created my podcast not else were classified it came on the heels of somebody else who created their podcast so i was like oh i better create my podcast too so uh <laughs> i have to have it by by july and then all lo and behold like there you know there have been people who've been creating podcasts but one thing that yours uh does very well uh is consistency <laughs> on every week everyone you know and and um once I listened to a few, like a lot, I mean, I was listening for quite some time and I'll talk about it later on in, in this episode. Uh, you know, I noted like there's a, a lot of fluency, the way you talk. And I'm like, you know what? I need to have this woman on my podcast because I have a lot of questions on how you, you know, I know you're a speaker uh, and how you do things and how you project, uh, project, I'm sorry. Uh, your information out there to the audience, and you've done that very well. So I just wanted to make sure you let to let you know that <laughs> up front. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's actually funny because the the Codecast was a brainchild that I was thinking about last year, and because I I podcast um, with other venues too. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and so on the NFL. So I podcast for Steel City Underground, talking about football. And um, since I am a public speaker and, and I speak at different venues with conferences and seminars and obviously webinars as well, I thought, you know what, I want to be able to 
just talk about coding, just talk about reimbursement, talk about healthcare. And it's not, you know, and so I did a, a kind of a play on the meaning CodeCast podcast, but I didn't want to do it in a way that, because obviously your listeners will understand we're, you know, I'm an independent consultant, so obviously we want to make sure that we feed our revenue because, uh, you know, working for yourself, that, that's what you do. But I wanted to be able to also have a platform where it wasn't something people had to, to currently pay for. I mean, at some point, everybody needs to realize, I think podcasts are going to be, you know, kind of like streaming sites where you pay a fee. I, I, I hear it heading that way. And so until that happens, I wanted to make sure that I was giving some information, not more than 30 minutes, that was kind of my my goal, um, to just really talk about healthcare and coding and reimbursement and billing and the things that are happening out there where maybe people are like, I just don't have time to look it up. Maybe Terry knows. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, tried it that way. I, I just I just like, I mean, we'll just, just go right into the podcast section, but I, I like how when I listen to it, it's to me, I mean, I don't know if anybody has told you, it, it's therapeutic. <laughs> I just put it on and I just... Wendy said that. Somebody said that to me the other... I get a lot of feedback, which is really nice. Like, you you have such a calming voice. Yes. I can just sit and put my headphones on and enter my billing charges and I just love listening to you and that's such a compliment. I yeah. love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. The, for me, it, I, I when I listen to it, it's just so fluid, you know, when I speak, like sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm not a perfect speaker, but, you know, there are some pauses, some ands and ums and mistakes. And I just put it all in there. I said, well, whatever, I'm just going to leave it in there. But when I listen to you, though, you know, it's it's just straight from minute one to minute 30. Just go. You know, it's just a fluid motion on how you speak. And I'm just like, this woman, I have to. How does she do it? You know, and maybe just because you have enough information, I'm sure there's a lot of practice with it. But yeah, sometimes I just put on the the, the earphones, and I don't care what you're talking about. <laughs> so sometimes I don't even care what you're talking about. Sometimes the last one I, that I listened to, I think, was about telemedicine, and I just listened to the fluctuations, how you speak, how you pronunciate, and I just go for 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, well that was it. Okay, let's go to the next one. I just want to hear some more. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I actually a funny story. I had I had a, a, a gentleman from um, LinkedIn, which is a big platform for me, and he, he was pretty funny. Um, and he turned out to be a physician, and I didn't realize that. And he said, he goes, you know, he, it was Fourth of July holiday. He said, I've been looking to binge watch something on TV because I've had I have a weekend off, which I never have. He goes, I found your co-cast. I decided just to make it. A Terry weekend, I'm like, oh, my, oh no. And he said, <laughs> I listened to four, and we're at almost at 50 episodes, but at that time we had 40. And he says, I listened to all 40 in the weekend. I was like, that's a little too much, Terry, yeah. if you ask me. But it was just funny. And yeah. he was like, no, it really wasn't. He goes, I got housework done. I got I barbecued through it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. It was just funny. And for those that are listening, you're listening to her on, on a, you know, talking on the phone and talking to me. But when you listen to, I mean, you got to try it when, live when, when you have her on the microphone and uh, believe me, you'll, you'll just keep on going and keep on going and like, Oh, oh she, oh, she's done. You know? And, and, and even when you, when you end it, it's just like, it's, it's just a nice fade off. Like, you know, you, you don't all of a sudden like, oh, I'm finished. There's a nice transition on how you end things beginning transition from middle to end. I'm just like, this is, that's the reason why it's so fluid. Thank you. I, I have a tagline at the very end, and, and actually um, people have asked for T-shirts, 
and it's make it a great day. I, I just want everybody, you know, it's just, you know, hopefully you continue with your day. I made you at least smile or happy or gave you some insight that basically it's like, you know what, I can use that in my job or use it, you know, at some point um, in my thought process and how I do and how, you you know, people do their jobs in, in healthcare, and uh, hopefully it makes them smile and they're making it a better day. So that's kind of a tagline at the end. But thank you, Brian. I appreciate the the, the really nice compliments. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be able to walk out outside my door today. I have such a big head now. That's great. <laughs> Speaking of how <laughs> you end, you, you talk about taglines, and I, I've tried to work on a tagline at the end of my podcast, and I'm like, you know, uh, you know I'm like, even uh, – in, in previous episodes or the pe- people that I've um, interviewed previously, uh, I, I've always tried to like come up with a way to end my podcast. I never could ever do it. And and I've this, you know, for the past couple of people that I've interviewed and and I've done the editing for, uh, I just end it when they finish talking. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden cue, you know, cue the music and I just do the end. Yeah. So I just do it's It's nothing natural. It's mostly uh, on the editing end that it sounds fluid. But by all means, you know, when you're talking about speaking just in front of somebody or just using your voice to to control the episode uh my by all means a lot of my stuff has been edited out <laughs> you listen to it but yours is it for you like if it, you know it would be a producer's dream just to have you on and then you just talk for 30 minutes and you just walk out and you're done you know that's that's when oh, i listen to it that's how it was my producer says i'm i'm very low maintenance so that that helps yeah so I, yeah i, I can imagine you're recognizing that but lots, yeah, lots going on, and that, yeah, just the CodeCast is a is a part of a branch of my business, so that that's part of it. But there's a lot that I have going on as well. All right, so let's. I mean, I know I jumped right into the podcast because that was one of the things that's that okay. that uh, <laughs> wanted to talk about. We'll get back into a little bit more, uh, but let's just take a jump back um, since everybody's like, wow, she's a great podcaster, but who's Terry Fletcher? So let's start it from the beginning. Uh, who's Terry Fletcher? Where did you come from and where did, how did you get to where you're at today? Well, actually, um, healthcare was not my direction when I was younger. You know, I decided that I wanted to be a CEO of Procter & Gamble, big, you know, corporate monster. And that was where, where was really my mindset when I was younger and I went to Penn State University and um, as I was forging to get my degree in Pennsylvania which I had family in the East Coast but was was raised in California um, I basically decided you know what when I was in college I needed to also work and uh, started a chiropractor's office and then a medical clinic and I just really embraced what it was and then halfway through college I'm like you know what maybe I need to get a dual degree here. So I have a degree in economics, I'm also an RN, and because uh, I really liked it. But then I'm I'm an RN who doesn't like the side of blood, which is a problem. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so I, I really like the business end of medicine. And then um, way back when, coding credentials started to come out in the really early 90s. And so um, when I moved back to California for a seminar job, actually, with a, a company, that was uh, going around the country, and then um, just got a coding credential. Worked for a couple, uh, worked for a, a couple of physicians, and then a, a big group out here in Orange County for uh, several years. Um, and then was between getting married and having my daughter, and all of that. Um, then I decided that it was time to go out on my own. I kept getting a lot of physicians saying, "Why well, have a question? Can you do this billing for me?" and 
can you code for me? Not just within my job, but um, the physicians I was working for were saying, hey, you know, go to Terry. She knows what she's doing. She's done this for us. And, and so I thought I'd try it, and I found out I really love public speaking. Um, McVeigh Seminars uh, took a chance on me when I was uh, younger, in my mid-20s. And um, one of the things I should tell the listeners, you know, if you're thinking about going out on your own, and actually I have another, you're going to laugh at this, Brian, I have another podcast in the works, this will be number four, um, but it's, it's good. yeah, I know, it's going to be called The Business Collective, it's coming out in November, it's actually how to go from employee to consultant, and I'm focusing on healthcare, but I think that's an important niche that people are like, how do I, how do I be you, how do I do what you do, and I get that question a lot, and so, um, so basically, just for the listeners out there, one of the tidbits on that, keep your day job until you know for a fact that you have an income that uh, will allow you to completely go out on your own. Because as a consultant, as you know, it's really tough because you don't, you don't have benefits. You have to purchase them unless you're married to somebody who covers you on your medical benefits. And, uh, you know, and you have to have an income coming in while you're doing – now they call it a side hustle. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. Didn't, they didn't call it that back then, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they call it a side hustle now. So it's what you're trying to build. Um, but basically just trying to, you know, get a reputation and make sure you're out there writing articles and putting yourself out there. And if somebody asks you to speak at, you know, even a local chapter meeting it somewhere, do it if you can. Um, and then just kind of, it kind of evolved from that. And, uh, and, and here we are. And, and actually the business took off. I was really public speaking, keep teaching coding and doing, uh, and really focusing on that. And then about 10 years ago, um, well, actually, no, it's 15 years ago now. Um, I was approached by Medicare with HICFA way back then um, to do some audits for them. And uh, they actually attended a seminar of mine and were hidden there, pretended they were an office, uh. <laughs> and came in to critique my seminar. I had about 100 people. I was in um, Washington, D.C. at the time, and I was giving a coding seminar in cardiology. And they came up to me at the break and said, we just want you to know we're actually from Healthcare Finance Administration. Oh, and I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, he said, um, we're actually not from Dr. So-and-so's office, but we just want you to know we've been listening to you for the last two hours, and you're accurate, you're current, we love your how you project and how you present and then you're very compliant and you're, you know, you give everything that's accurate in, in our eyes. And we'd like to know if you'd be interested in doing some audit for us. And so that was a little over 15 years ago and I've been auditing um, behind the scenes for, for Medicare and different MAC carriers ever since. And that gives me some insight. I think when I present and do what I need to do, I'm very, very particular about being accurate and current and not pushing the envelope over the cliff, but also making sure physicians are maximizing their reimbursement because I think sometimes that's lost when you could be too conservative and I'm not. So, yeah. And then, you know, I've branched out. So, okay. So you say that you have four, you're working on your fourth podcast. I, I think you mentioned you do one for, for the, for the Steelers, right? What's the other yeah, one? Yeah, the Steelers. The other one is called the bun life. And I do it with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, with a friend of mine named Corinne Briley. Mm-hmm. And it's called, it's for working moms. Okay. So she is, she is, she's 20 years younger than me. So she's in her, she's 30 and she is, 
uh, she's got a, like a year, I think a year and a half year old son and a um, six year old daughter, and she's also in a corporate job. And then I've got a, an adult daughter, um, and I'm married, and she's married as well. And we, and the mind lives at home while she's getting her teaching credential. And we're hilarious. <laughs> we are. We just talk about the messiness and all the stuff that goes on with being a professional mom and trying to balance life and kids and work and, and just the, the judgments that we get from being professional moms. And um, it's, it's pretty fun. We, we've, we've really kind of created an audience. Um, we're big on social presence as far as giving back. Um, we've, we've really done a lot of things with my, my charity. I don't, I don't want to say charity, but my, one of my pet projects is Four Oceans, and that's um, something you, you do $20 a month, and they take a pound of trash out of the ocean every month. Yeah, and uh, one thing that Corinne does is called uh, Ivory Ella, and it's about saving the elephants. <laughs> and then they also do, you know, things like that. So that that's a really fun podcast. We that comes out every other Thursday. Okay. So it's so. not like how you're cranking it with the uh, with your podcast, Codecast every well, week. Well, yeah, the Codecast, yeah. The Codecast is every Tuesday. Um people were joking around about a few months ago saying it's Carrie Tuesday and I said, "Oh my gosh." So um, <laughs> And actually, you should know, I don't know if you know this, but if you look at metrics on, on a podcast, yeah. most people last seven episodes. Yeah. If you've tried to podcast, you know, it's, it's not a, a terribly hard thing to do. It's just, it takes, it takes a lot of work and consistency and you have to come up with topics and the time involved. And as you know, decent equipment and then you need a producer, you need a website. So there is, there is definitely some, some things involved as far as doing it, but it's hard to do it every week. It really is. And I really have tried every Tuesday, 5 a.m., you know, Pacific time, it comes out. And so, um, and now listeners, I'm over 18,000 downloads. And wow. um, listeners really count on that. So so uh, speaking of speaking events, your most recent one was in Hawaii. Now, when I, when I, I, when I reached out to you to be a guest on the podcast, you said, well, I'm going, you know, I have to go to Hawaii. And I also saw it when you posted on LinkedIn. I said, this girl's going to Hawaii <laughs> to, do, to do a speaking event. So how, how did that work? Because I'm like, I want to do that, too. I want to do that. Well, actually, it's funny because that was my 13th year. They've been doing it for 15 years. Um, AAPC, which is the American Academy of Professional Coders, I have four credentials with them. Um, they have national conferences, as you know, and then they have regional conferences. And um, since, I think, 1998, I've been speaking at the national and then regional. They ask me every once in a while. Um, and then I was I served on the board with uh, Jerry Leong, and she is the president of the Hawaii chapter of uh, the AAPC and she had asked me all those years ago and she invites people back that get really good uh, ratings and remarks and so I've been lucky the you know the attendees of Hawaii are just beautiful wonderful people and just are really receptive to you know anything I've spoken on it helps that I'm multi-specialty she said you know because I do anything from cardio, GI, ortho, modifiers. This, this year it was telemedicine. I think one year um, I did collections and appeals. That was very popular. Uh, next year I want to do the art of the physician query, so how to get what you need out of your physician. And and she says, actually, could you do two sessions? I've already been invited back for next year. Could oh, you do wow. two sessions? 
and possibly do also a, a cardiology piece. I'm like, absolutely. So, yeah, it's nice. I always, I, I, I was like, are you sure you don't want to get new blood in there? She goes, people like what they like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. So my husband comes with me. We make it a family I trip. Bet. <laughs> I bet. I yeah, bet you It's funny because when I get invited to speak in Cleveland, Brian, he doesn't ask to come. So yeah. I, uh. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Cleveland people, but I don't think he sees lagoons or ocean views out there. So Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I'm like, hey, if I was, you know, if I was in his shoes, I said, yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to Hawaii too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically says, so, so, what are your dates? Not, can I go? He's assuming he's going. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> just, what are your dates? And he's a teacher, so he, um, he actually has to take some time off work because he's already back to school. Uh, they usually do it the, the uh, Friday and Saturday after Labor Day, so it's the off season. So. But it's a good trip. I, I, you know, I love going to the Hawaii conference. And uh, this year I had over 400 in my session, so that was really daunting a little bit. But, um, but it was good. It was, it was very nice. I met some really great people and some great physicians as well that were there. And one doctor said, I want to get into telemedicine just because of what you talked about. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, he goes, and so he's already emailed me. We've already set him up. Um, you know, for how to get implemented into his practice, and he's he's happy, so it's cute. So, how did you you mentioned multi specialty? So, how did how was it that you're able to add certain specialties of coding under your belt? Because I'm sure there are a lot of coders that are out there. Who's, oh, I want to do this specialty, or I want to do this specialty. But sometimes, right. especially those that are. Um, some job opportunities that are out there, I see them asking for multi-specialty. So in order to reach that status, how where would you want to begin? Well, and that's a great question because a lot of uh, multi-specialty coders, you have to be careful when you say that because I do not code for every single specialty under the sun because I think that you can't be an expert in that. It's, it's kind of like being a utility baseball player. You play, you play different positions well, but you don't play any one position really well. And so my number one specialty is cardiology, cardiology and peripheral vascular. And then I've taken on specialties over the years um, as far as studying them, making sure, I, and I owned a billing service for um, 15 years as well before I sold it, and also working in the field. But um, bringing on gastro, orthopedic, I've always just kind of known because that was part of a uh, clinic that I worked with as well as general surgery. But my multi-specialty grasp is about, I would say, six specialties and then branches of those specialties. So, for example, when I mentioned the physician query, and telemedicine is not a specialty, it's a delivery of medicine, so that works for anybody. Um, And then, you know, things, I really like management as well as far as compliance, so making sure people understand how social media affects healthcare, um, you know, how to collect patient balances. And so that's all part of specialty coding and billing, but it's part of everything that you're doing within that specialty. So when you have, what I try to tell people is have your core, and then if you're going to branch out, make sure it has something to do with your core. So if my core is coding and cardiology, but I'm branching out to physician query, that's okay because I'm branching out for how to ask a physician, this is what I need from your documentation so that I can code that heart cath. If I'm branching out to orthopedic, I started in I-10 because I-10 is everybody, and then you basically, or I, I should say ICD-9, and then moved to I-10, but then when it came into the 
CPT portion of it, it's all about studying and coding op reports and, you know, really answering questions that have to do with that specialty and uh, and then bringing on clients that also understand that also work in that specialty from a billing perspective and then you can pull it up but always stick to your core and then branch out as you feel comfortable if you don't do that and you just pick it up it, it's hard you know I, I have a friend who, who's in his industry he's in IT and he's like well I always wanted to own a sports bar I'm like okay but you're in IT you're, <laughs> you, you do <laughs> you're you're a computer nerd, and he yeah. he's like, I know, but I still want to own a sports bar, and I'm like, oh boy, okay. So he tried it, and he had to close it down after 18 months because he didn't stick to his core, core expertise. And I see people doing that. That's where it gets into some issues. So yeah, but I, you made a very good point of st- establishing your core. Um, with one thing that that when you mentioned it, it was with me. Like I, I'm trying to do the same thing that you're doing. I'm not at the level that you're at, but uh, you know, one of my core has been uh, clinical documentation improvement. I did it for 12 years, and within the nine years, then I kind of branched. I've always done social media, but not leveraged social media to to use it as a career um, catalyst. You know. Uh, so that's all I know. So when I just started doing speaking, I started in 2016, but this year people have been asking me to speak and I'm like, well, what do you want me to speak on? <laughs> oh, talk about something on coding. I'm like, well, you know, I've only done clinical documentation improvement. What do you, oh, just do anything, you know? And then, then you, like you said, like, well, where do you want me to go with this? What do you want me to talk about? And I've listened to other people that, you know, they are spot on with, with the information that they have, the way they deliver it, the, the evidence that they have out there. And, you know, those are the things that make me hesitant to move out into other areas to speak about. So my core has always been clinical documentation improvement, physician queries, uh, look, you know, and, and I, I can see what you're mentioning, like even talking about data analytics, but leveraging it in a way that is most useful in your practice. Um, I've been kind of swinging it with the social media and creating content. So that's that's been my avenue. That's one that's one thing I just love to talk about. And I'll talk, you know, and probably as I move on to the next couple you know, years in speaking, you know, in terms of how to leverage it, how to utilize data, you know, how to manage it. And that's how you you would kind of go that direction. So when you mention multi-specialty, it's focusing on your core. That's that's where I'm at. Like, OK, how do I transition to just speaking about anything? But but when I know if I don't know what to talk about, <laughs> then you, you can get a sense of where you're going to stumble. And you mentioned, you know, the people in Hawaii uh, giving you good feedback to where you want, they want you back. That's where I'm at. You know, like, okay, if I talk about this, but I, I'm not solid, you know, the feedback is not going to be good, you know. So that way, you want to make sure that you're strong. Well, the thing that you want to keep in mind with speaking, and this is, so you're, you do CDI. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. CDI is boring. Nobody wants to hear about it from a technical Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, And I get that. Believe me. I, I, that's part of something I've started taking on because everybody wants their risk assessment. You know, Then they get into the HCCs with the hierarchy codes, and all of a sudden you're into a realm where it just puts people to sleep. Talk about a snore fest. So, But what, what you can do, if you don't mind me. Sure, yeah, no, no. Here, that's why I'm having you is, on. You know, 
Yeah, with CDI, so clinical documentation improvement, what I would do is I would gear it. I did one talk on this as far as code linking. So you're talking about documentation improvement. So you're saying, okay, so for example, when you say that the patient has chest pain, you say the patient is a smoker, remember that because now that gives a total health picture on the patient. So how would we list those on a claim form? We would list them as we want the, the payer to see them of importance. And it just gives people kind of a visual of what you're talking about. So you're not actually diving into CDI, but you're giving elements of the improvement and of uh, what you're doing with them in a real-time, real, you know, um, life setting. So, you know, you're seeing this in the report. You, you may not realize that you want to capture it, but just think about it. You get a patient that has chest pain only on the claim form, but all of a sudden you missed coding the fact that they're on high-risk medication, which could be aspirin. They're a smoker. They, um, or a patient maybe isn't taking their warfarin medicine appropriately, and so now you also have a T-code. Uh, so now, from a clinical documentation improvement perspective, you have all these secondary issues with this patient that maybe was a one-dimensional chest pain patient. Now you've got a patient that isn't improving because they're not taking their medication. They're continuing to add problems to their life with the smoking, and they're on high-risk medication. Now you've elevated that chest pain patient to now a chest pain patient who has health care issues and now you can visually see what the documentation needs to be. So try to show a visual and that actually kind of gives people some insight into how you, you process and how your thought process is. Right. And when I do that, it's to be very receptive. It's received very well. Yeah. I, and I, I think the approach is not to be someone who uh, how how would I call it? A glorified, uh, how is it? A glorified storyteller or a glorified, um, uh, I guess, slide reader. <laughs> you yeah. know, storyteller is good, but slide. You don't want to just read from the book. I've taken. Yeah, I've, there I've you go. Glorified some, book reader, or something like that. Yeah, I've taken some seminars and some classes myself, and you know that the speaker is just extremely intelligent, but it's all about. They just look down and read from their book. And that just, you don't want to do that. You want to engage your, your audience. And the best way to do that is to start with information that you know. Do ne never go out with, you know, things that you kind of know or you're not familiar with. If you're public speaking, you have to be comfortable. Otherwise, they, they'll read into it right away. Yeah, it's easy on the podcast level because if you if you don't know and you, you, you catch yourself stumbling, you could... <laughs> You can essentially edit it yeah. out, but when you're up there and you, it really is, it shows. And I, I've seen it in people who are like, oh, okay, do they know it? Or, you know, if they stand behind the, the podium for quite some time and they grasp it like, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, it, like for dear life, then, you know, I can see it, you know, but people who come out. Uh, out of the podium, walk the aisles, look at people in the eye as right. they're just delivering, you know, uh, then I know they know their stuff. Well, and it's funny because I actually had, and I walk the aisles, I have a lavalier mic, everybody else wants a handheld standing at a podium. I have a lav, I walk around, I don't even like to be up on stage. Once in a while I'll go up there if I just want to sit at the table and, and you know, talk to them in that way. But um, I had I had a recent one where I had about 250 people was at a, um, a Decision Health, and I did a, a collection and appeal. 
And there was this one gal that I just knew she was going to be a problem from the get-go because she wanted to be argumentative. So, um, and she started before we even, she goes, okay, so I have a question before we get started. And I said, actually, <laughs> let me get some of the material. I know. I said, let me get some of the material and then I'll be happy to field some questions. I may even answer your questions through the material. Well, she folded her arms and just stood there, sat there like a bump on the log. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. So I went through appeals and collections, and about halfway through, she raises her hand. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and field a question. And she and she asked a question. She said, and it was more of a statement. She's like, well, I've tried that, and that never worked. So I was explaining how to appeal a claim. And so I, I was uh, walking around a little bit, and I came closer to her. She was actually sitting <laughs> second row. And I said, so what is your name? And, and I just want to say it loud so everybody can hear. And she told me, and so for to protect her, I'll, I'll um, yeah, yeah, Dolores. Yeah, yeah. And I said, um, I said, okay. I said, well, Dolores, let me let me ask you a question. I said, never's a long time. I said, so if that never works, that means that you cannot find a pair that it works for. Is that what you're saying, or you're just saying for your pair? And I and she's like, any pair. I said, so you've tried to appeal this with all of the 750 pairs, let's say, that are in this state. And she said, well, no, but I know it doesn't work for Medicare. And I said, okay. I said, so let's let's take it a step further. And I was very zoned in on her, but being very nice and just basically said, so here's what I would do and try this. If that doesn't work, then you need to take it to the next level. And then if that doesn't work, there's a third level of appeal that some people don't know about. I call it the third rail, where you can actually find the CEO of the payer on their uh, website and you can actually send them an email and they have to open a claim. A case on you if that's it and everybody else is writing this down <laughs> and she said well I didn't know that and I said right there's always steps you could take I said never is a long time and if you want it bad enough you can make it work and make your voice heard I go I'm standing right in front of you in front of 250 people apparently you wanted my attention and she started laughing she goes I got it didn't I, I said yes you did I said so congratulations to you now you need to channel that to your payer collections get their attention you know what you're doing you can get their attention and now this person has attended everything that i do yeah and she's even flown to come see it because it was engaging so what could have been a negative yeah 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 (laughs) right right now turned into okay i can play your game so (laughs) so does that does does that person who attends your your session does does She's still he or she still or you said Dolores. So does she still act the same way? Does she interrupt you in the middle? She Do you does, still... unfortunately. She's 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 still she's still very uh, intrusive, a little bit interruptive. But you know what? You know you got to take the good with the bad. And I just appreciate the fact that at least she's trying to learn at some capacity. Yeah. She wants to do it right. She's just um, I think she's just kind of in a burnout. Uh, area i think she's just frustrated and i know she's frustrated with her her job situation so hopefully she's at least finding a channel and she's going to take it out on me i have broad shoulders i can i can take it yeah yeah i bet i'm tough yeah all good but for the most part you know you just get very positive people you you really get people who want to be there um when it's on webinar you get a lot of people saying oh i wish i could i wish i could just see you and talk to you in live and i said well here i am live um, a lot of places have now asked for live video webinars, and I, I don't know if I'm down about that. Yeah. I, I haven't decided if I want to do that. Um, I haven't decided yet. I, you know, 
it's hard to look like a supermodel on video. So <laughs> I think, I, I, and, and, I'm, and it's not it's a problem with, you know, thinking, you know, you look all cute or anything, but it kind of is for women. So you're just like, well, you kind of want to say, well, I want to look like her, but you know, I don't know. So we'll see how that works. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done, I've done the webinars and I think I make it a point when I do the webinars that I treat it like as, as if it was a live event, you know? Um, and it becomes a bit more broadcasty type, you know, <laughs> when I start off at the beginning. Uh, but I make it a point, like, as if I'm doing a webinar, I'm not doing it to to just read the slides. Uh, I'm there to do a do a performance, and that performance, you know, will will captivate the audience to where, like, now I'm telling people, oh, I'm gonna be here. Oh, I want to go there. I want to go there. You know, that type of thing where they want to meet you, the person. Well, and everybody, everybody should be aware of the the CodeCast podcast versus a webinar. I just want to make sure you're aware of webcast. A CodeCast is a conversation. It's a healthcare conversation. What's happening out there with with some tidbits for you and and some tips on hopefully how to make your job better and how to make it easier for you when you're dealing with your physicians, dealing with your administrators, and for the administrators when you're dealing with your your practice as a whole when it comes to revenue and compliance and and coding. A a webinar, a webcast, that's training. Yeah. It comes with material. Mm -hmm. It comes, you know, it's a set time period, usually an hour to 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. and you're allowed a follow-up question on that. So the difference, you know, is one's a conversation and the other one is more of, of a training session, Correct. So, and then you yeah. pay for that too. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to pay for that. Yeah. And you pay for it. Yeah. You pay. For <laughs> yeah. So let me ask that question then. When you do your, um, when you do your episodes, do you find? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you prepare for for each episode. Do you? Do you? Where do you draw the line as how much information do you give on your on your podcast episodes? You know, it, it's evolved. Uh, there, I've been out about ten months now since last November. And at some point, I think I gave a little too much. Sometimes I pull back. Sometimes I want to give more than I should. Um, and then I'm sure you've heard my, my rant. Sometimes I'll rant. <laughs> now, I rant very much, but I do rant. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The proposals from that care have me crazy. Um, but I do, I do tend to rant. And uh, so it's, it's my outlet because if I feel like, hey, nobody in my house is listening to me, I need to go rant on a podcast. But um, – but yeah, it's it's hard because you want to give enough where then people want to take a training course from you, and that's and that's how you generate your income. Um, the CoCast has been is very also very profitable, not just with sponsors, but because somebody asked me, how do you get paid to podcast? I'm like, well, it doesn't work that way. Podcasting, you do hoping that it generates a revenue stream for you, and what it does is it gets people comfortable with you that you are you know an authoritative reference, and then they decide well. Do I want to engage her services? And that's that's what it's done, and it, it's created quite a bit of work. I'm already booked into 2019. Um, not that I didn't have enough before. I was usually booked about three months out. Yeah. Ever since I've been doing the co-cast, I'm booked about four to six months out now. Yeah. So between audits and personalized webinars, seminars, but a lot of audits, a lot of private audits. And, you know, like the, for, for those that are wondering, you know, should they make a podcast? I think they should, no matter, I mean, of course, the money is not the problem, but as, or, or the, the goal, but as Terry mentioned, it should be your, uh, in a sense, a portfolio of who you are and what you're all about. And for I mean, the same way it worked with you, it's working for me. Like, you know, I've created not as many episodes as you, <laughs> as you, but, but, um, 
but enough to where that it's getting noticed, you know, and people are saying, oh, I, I know you from the podcast. I've listened for a while. Can I have you on as a as a speaker? And so that opens a lot of doors. And then I, I'm and I one of my things is is when I speak now is helping people to create that content uh, more or less from from my experience and what they can do, not just to, you know, create a business, but to help them. You know, go out there and just start speaking. And where do I begin? Doesn't matter. Just start talking. And 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 I'm sure, based on your experience, you've evolved uh, from where you started in speaking to where you're at now. But it 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 it's gonna it's gonna you know perfect itself along the journey. Well, I think podcasting has exploded over the last six months. It's amazing to me. When I first decided to really do it, I was just testing the waters. I was excited when I, I looked at my, you know, my stats on it because there's obviously there's a stat area you can look at. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have 10 listeners. And, <laughs> you know, I, and then it was like, and the next week when it got to 50 and I was able to promote not just on LinkedIn, but my Twitter account at Terry Coder one. And then also um, I promote it when I do my my webinars, my seminars as well. Um, and I promoted it in Hawaii. That was really funny. I wow. saw my numbers jump and like a hundred percent, but it was just funny because, um, I think one of the things that, that you have to embrace is that everybody says change is good. No, good change is good. Change is not always good. Good change is good. So if you're going to go out and do a podcast, um, because it, it is kind of the wave of the future, it's, it's the new, I used to listen to music in my car. Now I listen to podcasts. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of a, a platform of marketing. Now it's, it's content marketing. But again, if you're not if you're not ready, if you're not comfortable, there's um, and this is just for people who want to see, should I do it? Because you're interviewing me. I don't have guests on mine. Yeah, mine is just a one woman show. I'm bringing in a guest for my 50th episode in October, but I, I haven't decided yet. Um, but there's a there's an app on a phone, and it's called Audio Notebook, and that's an Apple app. There's other little apps, you know, where you can record um, whatever you want to record and. It's not like you record a video on your, you know, on your phone. It's different. It's an actual, you speak into your microphone on your phone and you can record and just do some five, 10 minute segments, you know, see if you like it. Um, I, I got picked up by Sirius XM radio for some segments on the doctor's channel. And so they have me on every once in a while just saying, can you do a, they call it a quick, <laughs> a quick hit by Terry Fletcher. And it's, I, I have a, a lead in kind of a swish uh, no, uh, segment. It's um, like a noise you hear when you send a, an email. And then I do a 10-minute segment on coding. And so that's been fun. I mean, that's been nice. I do that every once on in a while. On XM Radio, but, you're doing it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been asked to do that. So had actually had my, my own show for a while, and I'm thinking I'm going back to my own actual live show that's been approached to me again for 2019. So... Um, they said, you know, you're you're ready for your own show, and I, but the shows are four hours, so I love talking for thirty minutes to an hour, but four hours of shows, and you and because I'm West Coast, I have to do them at four a.m. Oh no! So, so oh. there's yeah, exactly, Brian. Oh no! Yeah, I could I could hear myself <laughs> sounding like, "Hi, my name is Brian." Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be going to bed at seven o'clock at night, yeah. Because if I don't get it, I don't get at least seven hours sleep. My voice is done. But uh, but yeah, it's it's just been. I don't even know if I want to take that on. But it's 
it's exciting to think about though but but one thing i did want to add was the was was um was gosh the um the the one thing you mentioned about speaking for four hours when i first started to do the podcasting and even so before that i was doing like webinars and i still do it webinars twice a week uh one hour a day one thing that I got very um, aware of is taking care of my voice, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and yeah. and I did a four hour um, webinar, not webinar, but a, a live um, training session or uh, session over at um, the Space Coast over in Florida. And that was like for four hours, even with like little, little mini breaks. And then when my wife picked me up, she's like, oh, I could tell your voice is really tired, you know? And yeah. it, it made me realize like, yeah, my voice, you know, I have to take care of it. I can't yell at certain, you know, if I if it's right before I can be yelling at anybody or, you know, overuse it, then you could definitely hear it on on the other side. So, yeah, I, I've just totally you, know, you made me realize, like, yeah, I remember when I had to um, remember about taking care of my voice. Um, let me move over to your the the talking about the video. Um, one thing that I did want to add into there was I was even thinking about doing video, but, but, um, you know, in, in, there was a time that I wanted to create like my own course. There was like online courses that are out there. Um, and they talk about, you know, develop, you know, kind of, uh, building up your production and stuff like that. And I was really thinking about doing video after this podcast, but then, uh, there's a lot of considerations to it. You know, you have to, uh, build a studio, get the lighting, <laughs> do the microphone, grab a camera. And I think, um, you know, just the fact of getting up to this point where the podcast was, it was a lot of work. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I like the just the fact of just sitting in, in whatever you want, turning on the microphone and just speaking. Yeah, it's it definitely, you know, it, it's it's hard to do a lot of different things. Um, yeah, taking care of your voice. I remember one day I had a seminar that was live and I was there from eight to three. I had to record an XM radio spot that I had to go down to Los Angeles to do that oh, from wow. where I'm at that's mm. thus far. And then I had to do a podcast and then I had to do two webinars the next day. Wow. And I lost my voice by a Wednesday. It was like from a Monday to a Wednesday. And I was like, okay, so we, we have a little limit there. Mm. Um, but I, but I love coffee and coffee's terrible when you speak. Oh. And so I had this, yeah, so I can drink coffee, but that's not before I speak. I have to drink tea. Or, um, and one thing that's been really good is um, club soda with lime. So that really helps your voice kind of clear your throat and make sure that you're you're fluid. But I learned these little tricks <laughs> from different different people who also speak, and they're like, "Try this." I'm like, "Oh, that works." So, um, so yeah, it's been it's been tough to to try and just be fluid with all that and make sure that you also sound right. Because remember, in our heads, how we sound isn't how we sound on playback. So you always want to make sure how... I listen to my podcast every week to make sure, you know, gosh, what was my... Where did I fail? Where was my mistakes and all that? And, and my music producer and content producer, he listens with me and, and or uh, separately, but he listens as well. And he's like, yeah, you forgot your coding question or that was good, but you need to do this for sponsors. And so there's always somebody checking you you know saying well this is interesting so so this i, I really want to ask like how how did you like when when you first started doing the podcasting this was the in terms of getting the equipment did you have to do that on your own or or is this something that you do on a studio 
with the with the Codecast? Honestly, when I first started it, um, I did it on my phone and a microphone plugged into my phone, and it was terrible. But people listened, and then uh, and then I I talked to my uh, website designer and, and maintainer and uh, host, and he basically said, "This is what I do for a living. You need to get this microphone, and it was from Amazon." He said, and then you need to do it from a laptop or from a computer, and you need to have quiet space. Now, he wants me to use headphones. I can't use headphones. It, it, they drive me crazy. And so I'm in my – I had a – recently I went out. I was always working for my home office, but now I also have a satellite office that has really good acoustics where it's really quiet. And so in my office, I go there to record, but it's a laptop and a, a microphone that actually you can get from Amazon. And then a little little box that could, they call it a mixer that just adjusts levels and things like that, um, and that's it. And basically, I, I use Audacity. And uh, and but the only thing Audacity makes a file really really big, and so you can't email the file to because then I email the file to my producer and then he posts it on my website and then iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube and all the you know tune in all the platforms. Um, but so you have to. And make sure it goes to Dropbox, and then you have to copy the Dropbox link, and then that's how it goes. So there's there's a little bit of technical savvy you need to have to be able to make it work. But um, but it's it's not it. Once you get it going, it's just easy. You just I mean now it's just I go in, I record, I send it, and the biggest thing is you also have to remember to do episode notes. So you've got to do a couple of paragraphs so people know what the episode's about. You you say you get your microphone from Amazon, but what's what kind of microphone are you using in your podcast? Uh, actually, Brian, I, I don't know. Let me see if I could, if I could look it up, I could look it up while you're asking me other questions. But, uh, just for those that are listening in the, in the audience, the, the microphone, if you guys are wondering what microphone I use, I use, um, I'm looking at it now, AKG P220. Uh, what made me get the microphone was, I mean, it all depends on what kind of microphone you, you have as far as your budget, but, but I just pick one that looked nice. Um, and I listen. Uh, what I do is I I also listen to the microphone on YouTube. Them, you know, the YouTube user using it. And uh, but I think the microphone that I have is more for those that are singing, not so much like a podcasting one, like a roadcaster or the ones that you see like like on um, I forgot it's it's a, it's a sure model. Uh, but the ones like on Joe Rogan's podcast, you see the the one with the with the big bass and then the big fluffy uh, foam top. Uh, those are the ones I think they they cost like five hundred dollars for, for those things. But yeah, I, mine's not five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm definitely not, not ready for that. Yeah. No, mine was um, sixty dollars, and it was. Let's see. Yeah, but it still it sounds not, good though. Yeah, I think it's good. I think I'm going to switch um, to a Blue Yeti okay. because I hear that that's just amazing. Those are $128. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but they're and they're easy. And the one thing with my microphone, it 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 likes to fall in my face. Uh. <laughs> so sometimes it hits me, and I was like, oh, this is so such a pain. But I like it. Um, yeah, I use the it's called a Shure uh, Cardiod Cardiod uh-huh. Dynamic Vocal Microphone. Okay, so, so it's it, like one of those those um yeah. those performance microphones. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Those those are, I I've heard those are very good travel microphones. So for those that are, you know, that are traveling, they use it a lot. Um 
but yeah okay well regardless of whatever microphone it's still i mean for me like i said in the beginning it still sounds it still sounds great that's why i was well, wondering thank you. yeah i was like what kind of microphone does yeah i want to buy the same thing oh i could just buy a 60 dollar microphone that would have been yeah, just I fine with me i think it's not just the microphone i think it's also where you're recording at so i think sometimes room acoustics and the quiet um one one of the things in my in my satellite office that I, I go to, there is somebody else in an office next to me, and he is a um, instructor, a guitar instructor. And so when he's there, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not recording today, because I just can't have Jimmy Buffett in the background the whole time. So I mean, it's just like, stop playing that song. So. And then you mentioned you didn't like having the mic, the 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 headset on your ear is that meaning to listen to your own voice as you're talking yeah so when when i record the bun life with my friend corinne and we do it at the a, a place called podcast center la it's in torrance and uh, california he actually has a great setup we're actually in a in a uh, kind of a studio setup where we have headphones we can hear him in there we can hear each other talk we have the whole mic with the you know it looks i mean it's really professional um, but then when we record, record on our own, we have microphones in front of us, we have the hookup and everything, but we don't have the, the headphones. Now, she likes the headphones, but I, it, just, it just makes me hot. I don't know. I, just, I don't like <laughs> Yeah. I, don't need, I, don't, I can hear myself. I don't need to hear myself in my head. So I like it when I'm, when I'm recording with somebody else right next to me. I do like that. But when I'm doing it just myself, I don't need the headphones. Yeah, it just depends what you like. Right. Yeah, and it it, it like oh, there yeah like I you mentioned that there was a difference. So I have to hear you in order, the way mine is set up. Uh, I have to put them on not just to listen to myself, but also to listen to you because I'm the one doing the monitoring. You know, I have to monitor your levels, make sure oh, you're right. you know, and yeah. that's the reason why I would have my head. But I I get why you know by the time I'm done with it, my ear is like drenching and probably lost a you know like a few you know a lot of weight. It, you it, know? it makes you hot. Well, my producer gets mad at me. He goes, "Are you wearing headphones?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "You need to put your headphones on." I'm like. I don't want to. So he thinks I whine a little bit about that. Yeah. And I think one of the things with, with the headphones is your voice control. So like if you're really close to the microphone, you can get a much richer tone uh, and you could speak a little bit. You could lower your volume a bit, too. Uh, so it catches more clarity. That's the reason why I, I have the headphones. And I noticed that like versus me not having them on, I, I, I'm just not aware of the power of the voice so sometimes my voice can come off very very strong and when you put the headphones on you're like okay i could i could back off a little bit and sound a little bit air. yeah the biggest thing with podcasting i've noticed as far as um pulling out any flaws i i really don't like is language so um i have a minor in english and my daughter actually is an english major so she's listened to a couple of my podcasts and she she is funny because she's 23 and she'll critique every once in a while she'll be like okay you can't say want, have to say want to, you can't, you know, so we're so used to texting and slang mm -hmm. in the English language yes, yes. that you, you want to be so much more, um, you, you, I mean, like I just said, um, you don't want to say, um, you don't, and I, I don't think I do that too often, but I do know one of the things that I say once in a while is, you know, and I have yes. to stop saying that. Yeah, you know, you know what know, I mean. You, see, I just, you, know, you, know, you know, yeah, I know. And it's funny because now I, when I listen to other podcasts or I listen to like NFL radio shows or whatever, 
I hear them say it, and I'm like, well, it's not just me, but uh, but just just knowing the some of the language things that drives me crazy. So instead of four, people say fur or ta. You know, just they say sounds instead of actually enunciating words. Mm-hmm. And my big one is wanna. W a n n a. Want to. I need to stop doing that. So just little things like that. But I get on a roll, and then it's just um, you just you just have to be mindful that people are listening to you, and when you use language that isn't clear and it could come off as not professional. So you just want to make sure that you are professional. All right. Well, now let's talk about. Another, uh, I guess, passion of yours per se. Uh, one thing I note in your in your LinkedIn profile is sometimes you post some drawings. But specifically, if you ever checked out her out on LinkedIn, make sure you connect with her or at least follow her profile. She posts these wonderful drawings, but drawings specifically of offices. And so when the last one you put on, I'm like, okay, this is something that we could talk about, a little bit of interior design. So how did you get into number one, the drawing, like a little bit of the architecture, and then what made you, I guess, kind of continue with that? Well, so remember I mentioned the core. So obviously I want to stick with healthcare. Well, I was actually on Twitter one day, um, which I, I need to not be on Twitter much because it frustrates me. So I was on Twitter and there was a post by um, a gal talking about, and it was, I think it was Integrated Health Magazine or something, about a design that she created for a, a, a waiting room for a physician. It's actually a hospital physician based. And I just, it, she asked for feedback. So I was like, okay, well, are you sure? You know, be careful what you wish for people because <laughs> if you ask for feedback or you put something out there on social media, you're going to get it. And if you don't like what people say, then don't put it out there. I mean, that's the rule. I mean, I know that rule. You know, you're going to get your haters and things. But she asked for feedback, and not not to be a hater. I was just like, well, let me give her some construction feedback, and the the because she asked for it. Well, the waiting room, I mean, it was it was terrible. It was they had things that you couldn't sit on. Um, you had, and with my mind, when and as much as I travel and I do so many on sites and um, you know, and also. I, I try to cater to what the, the general population is, plus size people, elderly people, children, you know, really people that are, are in doctor's offices and how they, they function and how they sit down and how they get up and all that kind of stuff. And so when I saw her design, it reminded me of one of those ultra modern something you see in, a, in an Asian country or an Asian office where this, the, it was just very minimal, weird looking furniture. And so, uh, and the colors were like orange and purple. Oh. And so I was just like, yeah. And I was like, for a doctor's office? So I commented and just said, this is what I would think. This is, you know, something I would recommend. And she just got really mad. She was just really, really mad. And people were like, hey, you, you asked for people's opinion. And I wasn't the only one that basically gave her constructive criticism. And so she said, if you think you can do better, what would you do? So mm. I said, well, let me just see. So I sketched a couple things out, and and I'm not a drawer. Just right. So know, That's I what I was wondering. Is it were, I, were you a drawer before doing I, this? No, no. I tried, and I, I do sit drawings. And then I went on YouTube and said, well, I wonder if somebody can teach me how to draw on YouTube. And sure <laughs> enough, I went on YouTube, took a couple, looked at a couple of things, watched how this, cut, this one artist did something. I'm like, well, I could try that. Mm. And apparently I am a drawer now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so it took me about three different lessons, and uh, I sketched out a waiting room that I thought was 
would have been comfortable in a little bit better colors, a little more earthy tones, and um, and it was a really small space. And um, I had Healthcare Design Magazine not only pick it up, but say, "We can we spotlight you?" You're kidding me. That would be, <laughs> no, they said I would love to have you design a small space I have in my office. I'm like, what? I'm a, I, and I'm clear. I'm like, I am not an interior designer. I'm a coder. I'm a consultant, you know, and so, um, and I had another doctor say, well, I have this office. What could you do with that? And they give me these really tiny budgets, and um, and I said, well, this is what I would do, and a lot of things are now done, you know, those health, you know, the um, the home improvement shows on HGTV, all that, and I'm a huge fixer-upper fan. Um, they do it digitally. You know, everything's digital, and I get so many practices or offices that have a little bit of money to spend they're like I don't want digital I just want to see a rough sketch old school and so I said okay so now I'm that was that was six, seven eight months ago and I am ten sketches in uh, eight designs in that actually went to turned into practices as you saw I put the design I put the sketch up and then I put what it looks like in reality you're kidding me and, oh, uh, wow. is this yeah, on, is this on LinkedIn so, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, oh. I've made I've made a, a big, you know, twenty thirty thousand dollars off it in six months. So, you know, just, just and that's just something. That's just, I mean, I hate to put a dollar figure out there, but right? I mean, it's just it was just something that that it was funny because I had physicians say, "Well, how much do you want for that sketch?" And I and being being a kind of a comedian myself and, and a little bit, I'm just like, "Oh, thousand dollars." He's like, "Okay, great." Five sketches. I'm like, "Wait, what?" Wait, I mean, and I have to joke around with a friend of mine. I'm like, these are so kindergarten. He goes, I have a kindergartner. I'll tell you what kindergarten is. These are actually really good. So I was like, okay, so I've done a few. I have actually three requests for three more, and it's just a creative outlet. It's just something I sit, when I'm ready to go to bed at night, I sit, you know, my husband and I are watching a show in bed or whatever, and I sit there and I sketch. It's it's really just... You know, just something I do, and and you know, it's fun, and you know, it's just it's it's actually a nice outlet. I took went took uh, my sketch pad down to the beach. Uh, my my uh, my niece actually helps too. She is a actual artist, and she does. I'll give her some if I'm having trouble with something. I'll say, hey, Kendall, I need some help with this one, and I'll send her my sketches. She go, oh yeah, let me fix this for you, <laughs> and so she will help me out. And then later on, I'll add my stuff, my color, my little accessories, and it's good. Wow. So I'm looking at the, if you guys are on LinkedIn, make sure to follow her. But she, this is the one that you posted a week ago, right? So there's one that was, yeah. there's our three sketches. Um, holy yeah. moly. <laughs> and they actually took okay, it. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they actually did. And the one with the eyes, that one was tough. So I had an ophthalmology um, and they were also a plastic surgery office. And they wanted, right when you walk in, two beautiful women's eyes and um, you could see my sketch eyes. They're a little, they weren't cross-eyed, but they're a little, <laughs> not as good as the French product. But but it was the gist. I mean, you could see that it, it turned pretty well. Um, and then the other one was, I actually had somebody from the, the basketball team in, in Arizona, Phoenix Suns. He was just a, a physician that said, you know, I've got a small space. I don't need an office, but because I work for the team, and could you just do that? And that was the one that and had the, the bench seating. My, my Basically, my signature on this stuff, is I like to cut into walls. I love bench seating. I think it's so cost effective. It is just so easy to do. And it's in for any size of patient, you know, skinny, thin, heavy set, you know, plus size, whatever. And it's easy to get up and down for elderly patients. So that's 
that's something I always try to do first. Can I get bench seating in there if that's comfortable and, and that seems to be appreciated? Wow. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I knew you <laughs> drew pictures, but I didn't realize you, you capitalized on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit of money there. So yeah, that was, you know, not, I mean, not, I mean, I don't know, it's relative, I guess, when I say a little bit, it's not a lot, but it's enough where I think, yeah, um, you but know, you got something out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm about eight to, I think I'm 10 designs in one. Two, yeah, I'm looking at my design book right now about 10 in. And I've got three more to do. And, you know, if you can make a, you know, several thousand dollars a year doing it, and it's just something you do as a hobby, but it sticks to your you know your core business and that's great and i can't believe i was about to ask you the question but you 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 are it's already answered on your website you have it on your <laughs> you have it as part of your services yeah, on your website, website. <laughs> i do i do i know actually it's funny i had one doctor that um contacted me and he was a single practitioner because i don't know if you know we still exist i go i do and he goes here's my budget i have seven thousand dollars here's what i need what can you do for me and uh, I'll have to put it up there. It was basically he wanted his practice to look like his office waiting room to look like a New York skyline. Uh-huh. And so um, I sketched that out and it, and it worked out. And his office, when you walk in, it looks like all New York um, buildings. It's really kind of cool. So, yeah, just something, you know, just figuring out materials. But doing it on a budget. That's the one thing that, that they really, that I, I think they appreciate. Because I, I had one practice say, you know, we've got a um, $800,000 budget. Can you help? And I actually turned him down. I said, thank you, but I'm not a designer. I said, I, I am dabbling in it. I'm really for that small physician that wants to see some, you know, some some sketches of what they're thinking. I said, but I wouldn't want to, to put you in a position where, you know, I have to be a project manager and all that. And they're like, no, we love what you're doing. I'm like, that, you know. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's just not what I'm doing. I go, I, I'm sketching on a sketchbook you pick up at, you know, at, a, at an art store. So, but, and not to minimize what I'm doing, I'm just saying that I, I know, I, I'm staying in my lane. I'm staying in my lane on this one. Right, so, so my, my question is, that how do you, like, they, okay, they tell you a budget. How do you, how do you portray that in drawing, though? It's like, so they make, give me a, an office for about $8,000. How do you, how do you turn a drawing that, and how could you quantify it being eight thousand dollars, or whatever so whatever what offer they give you? Right. So based on what they want, so they give me some uh, some design some ideas. Um, I have them look on a site called Pinterest. They look on Pinterest. Tell me what you see there that you like, uh, and then um, and sometimes they'll do that, or sometimes they'll take a they'll Google search it and say this is what I like, and I'll say okay. So then and I look and I consider their state they're in because you always want to kind of be consistent with where their location. And I said, okay, what kind of fabrics do you like? What kind of colors do you like? And then we go from there. And I said, okay, well, each design is anywhere from 250 to 1000 depending on how difficult it is to do. Um, a lot of offices now want beverage bars, and so that's, that's a little bit extra to put that in the design. Um, and then basically, okay, so the, the, I put in my fee for the design, and then I say, and then I break it down for them what I think it should cost based on materials and and everything and give them some insight. Like I had one doctor that there was no contractor in his area that he could use. So I found a, just because I knew who he was, he was, he was in um, uh, Iowa and a very rural town. And basically I found a um, uh, cleaner that did uh, sewing and repairs for outside patio furniture. 
And so we used that, we used them as one of his vendors to help bring it to fruition. And what could have cost, you know, beyond $15,000 ended up costing him about 800 <laughs> to get what he needed for nice. his little $2,500 budget. So, you know, you just, you really help him out in that way. It just takes me a little bit of time to figure that out. I give them a list of the project and what I think it should cost, and then I send them on their way. So I don't manage the project. I don't do anything. All I ask is that I'm allowed to use their design if I get asked to spotlight it in the magazine, and I want to see the finished product, and I want my name on it. And that's, that's fine. Nice. So wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's yeah. been good. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, so I had one, you know, one real big one that, that was, uh, from beginning to end, and so that's where kind of the a lot of money came in from that one. So that was a different one. I had time for that, though. Now I have more time just for sketching, and then here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Wow. I mean, I'm like, where do you find the time between what you do with the podcasting, four podcasts, and then all of a sudden drawing, and now it's becoming <laughs> its own entity uh, or own service line yeah. in your in your uh, consulting uh, business. Oh, it's, right. it's hard. I work. I work about sixty to eighty hours a week. Wow. Um, I would say my my number one thing is obviously speaking, and then it goes to auditing, and then it's the podcasting, and um, you know the various things that that happen out. And I also write, you know, books. You've seen I, I'm an author, a writer for healthcare coding books and things like that. That's on my website as well. So yeah, there's all kinds of all kinds of different projects. And everybody says, so when are you going to retire? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm too young to retire. <laughs> But I, I just think this is going to be something that uh, it just sticks with me until I'm, I just say I'm done, and that's going to be at least another 20 years. So I'm going to be out there for a while. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, well, Terry, I do want to thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, I do have two final questions, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap this episode up. The first question is, what does – I probably can see the future for you already, but, but I want to hear it from you. What does the future hold for yourself and your consulting business? And even your designing business. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, wherever, which way you go. Yeah, I think um, I, you know, I, I saw that question that you, you said you were going to ask me, and I've been thinking about it. And, you know, I think the, I just think the possibilities are endless. I, I think it's going to be really hard to kind of pigeonhole any one thing. But I think one of my focuses is going to be on uh, physician documentation and education. I really like the auditing. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I've been doing it for so long that I and I like the education of physicians of showing them that what they're already doing, they just need to document. I think that's the missing piece in a lot of the audits is that physicians are already doing the work; they're just not telling us about it. So that's that's the big thing there. Um, I'll continue to as long as they ask me to speak at conferences, and I am pinning back my travel as far as um, I only have two planned trips this, this year as far as Texas and Arizona as far as live seminars. I'll, I'll travel for conferences, but I think I'm going to keep it on the digital side, doing the webinars and, and webcasts and things like that. I've been traveling for 30 years. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired <laughs> I bet. So, um, you know, so I really like doing a lot of things from my home base and, uh, and then just, you know, just continue to, to branch out a little bit. One of the things that I've also kind of branched out a little bit too is in sponsoring, or I should say investing in some businesses. So healthcare, but also some side things that, that have been kind of exciting for me, so some musicians and things like that. So been, been branching out a little bit there. Okay. 
Well, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you're you're just on your way. <laughs> oh, you've been on your way, but you're just continuing on. I can't believe that. I'm just continuing on a, a good path, and just very blessed that uh, that I have a business that I can call and say it's successful, and and I have a lot of really loyal customers and clients that that have stuck with me through a lot, you know, all the years. So that's really really nice, and some really great new new customers and clients that have just, um, you know, heard me on the podcast and, and uh, different venues and have said, we, we're so glad we found you. So I'm glad I found them. So it's been really good. And, and Brian, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having me today. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm so happy to have you on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need to have her on. I need to pick her brain. I need to see where she's at. And just finding out some more information, especially with the internal design thing, that, that just blows my mind. Just the, just the, just the idea of, of what you do and anybody can do it i mean just the if you start somewhere and then you continue with it start somewhere yeah the, the power of social media mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing to me just you know before you know 20 years ago i was direct mailing and marketing and and word of mouth but now you know social media is is a powerful thing and people find you in, in venues if you put yourself out there so it's all about putting yourself out there and That's being confident the in, in what you can offer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my last question is, what best words of advice can you give to our audience? Um, I would say anything that you can find that the information that you feel will you know help you in your not just in your daily occupational life, but in your daily life as well. Um, one of the things you know, I, I talked about on my co-cast, yes, it's coding, billing, reimbursement, but I also did one on burnout, not just for physicians, but for staff. You know, listen to that. Listen to how you can come back to, you know, your mental break, even if it's just a little one if you can't take a vacation, but really trying to make sure that you take care of yourself, not just everyone around you. And if you do that and really just focus on what makes you happy, I think that's going to be huge for you. So, and of course, my call tag, you know, I hope everybody just makes it a great day every time they think about things. So there you have it. That is Terry Fletcher from Terry Fletcher Consulting Incorporated. You can go to her website, www.terryfletcher.net. And of course, all of the show notes can be found at medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast. So in closing, for 2019, I came up with a new ending catchphrase, and it's really three things that I want you to do. Create, share, and speak up. So hopefully that works. (laughs) All right. So let me know in the comments what you guys think, and uh, thank you. Not Else Were Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. Medicalcodinggeek.com